Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Brandon Silva from Degust coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's an expert on food, wine, and good times. We follow her on Instagram at Swanky Maven. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. Let's bring on the good times. <laughs> Let's bring on the good times indeed. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one. The Museum of Fine Arts has revealed two new restaurants for their recently opened Nancy and Rich Kinder building. They are Cafe Leonelli, a casual Italian restaurant with cafeteria-style service from Chef Jonathan Benno. And Felice, this is where I'm going to mess up the friends. Le Jardinet by Chef Alain Verzeroli, a fine-dining French restaurant with a vegetable-forward menu. Now, Felice, it's worth noting both of these chefs hold Michelin stars. Jonathan Benno has a fine-dining Italian restaurant called Benno in New York that has one star. He worked at Per Se, Thomas Keller's restaurant in New York, for a long time. That's a three-star Michelin restaurant. And Albert, uh, Elaine, rather, Verzaroli worked for Joel Robichon in Tokyo, where he held three Michelin stars. And the Le Jardinet in New York currently holds one Michelin star. So these are, as we say, serious chefs. Right. Very nicely pedigreed. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, So knowing that, what do you think? I mean, you know, obviously, if you go to the museum, you will stop by Cafe Leonelli for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, depending on what time of day you're at the museum. But... Even if you aren't going to the museum, do you think you might go there just to try one or both of these restaurants? I mean, Eric, you know me. So I'm all about the bouge and the Michelin stars. So, yes, um, that's so attractive to me, just being in Houston. And, you know, we people give us, we're getting more credit now, like for, you know, we're on the map, right? We're on the map. And people like, oh, Houston's a great dining destination. You know, like you can get good food. But like fine dining and Michelin stars, that's just not, you don't, that's not synonymous with Houston, right? So um, that's exciting that we we have that, right? Like that that's coming in, it's in the same location. So that gives me a reason to even want to go to the museum in the evening, like, like in my mind, of course, like you say, you can go in the daytime. Though that's a different cat. That's a different menu. But you know, just to get dressed up, go to the museum, have dinner. It's just a good look. Um, I'm excited to try both restaurants out. So I'll definitely be going to both restaurants if I went to the menu um, museum or not. And like promoting people to like do that, like you know, kind of go out and support these restaurants when they're they're not going to the museum because that's always kind of a, a weird thing when restaurants are attached to a thing, a hotel or something, <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's kind of hard to get people there outside of those. Um, if they're going to those events or attractions. Right. You almost feel like, you know, if you're, if you're not going to the museum to see the exhibits, 
like you don't belong there necessarily. Right. And that's, and that's not fair. <laughs> that's not the case. That, that will certainly not be the case. Someone's going to have to pronounce uh, Le Jardinet or Le Jardin for me so that I, because I, 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 I'm always nervous about my foreign language pronunciations. I feel like I'm, well, you know, it's not me, and yeah. you know, there's someone will come for me. I won't name them on here, so I won't even go there, so I can have a good day. Um, it's not going to be me that helps you out. So someone else, <laughs> they're going to hook you up with that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean, that's a destination kind of rest. There's one in New York. There's one in Miami. You know, this very elevated fair. I mean, I I looked at the. I looked at the Miami menu and it's uh, red kabocha squash with burrata and persimmon, spelt risotto with winter vegetables, salmon with winter vegetables and broccoli and ginger coolie, you know, all this kind of elevated fare. And, and really, um, you know, I know it's, it's sort of easy to say, oh, well, they're transplants. They're not from here. Uh, I mean, that is certainly true, uh, but they are affiliated with, Bastion Restaurants, which is the company that runs Latab in the Galleria. And of course, you know, Latab, you know, it started life as Philippe and then it was Table on Post Oak, but uh-huh. it's, it's been Latab for several years now. So they, right. have, they have a history in the market. They know, you know, they know the local vendors, they, they know where to get produce and proteins and all that stuff. And so, you know, they're, they're not coming in cold, I guess is my point. Right. They, they, they understand the Houston market and, um, they have some history of dealing with us, us Houston diners. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> I guess I don't have much more to say about this other than that, you know, this was a, this was a major uh, investment for the museum, this kinder building. And it has all this really like really exciting art in it. It's already a destination for people. People are, it's, it was one of the, you know, the major things that happened in Houston last year. Right. And adding these two restaurants just makes it like even more exciting and even more of a destination. So you're going to get fancy, you know, cause that's kind of in your hood. So you're going to get fancy and, um, you know, check it out. Well, I mean, it's literally my job to check out new restaurants. So yes, I, you know, you can. So, count on me. Yeah. Let me, let me take it out. Let me say, if it weren't your job, right. Like, Eric, the food guy, like not like if it wasn't your job, would you be excited about it? Like, oh, you know what? You know, I'm going to make it a point to go there if you I mean, didn't have to go to tell the people. I mean, fine dining French is never my first choice in cuisine. But this seems like since it's so vegetable forward, it seems like it might be a little lighter, a little a little more modern. So that mm-hmm. is appealing to me. Uh, and, you know, casual Italian always has my attention. So, right, yes, I, right. you know, I would, I would certainly be going to cafe Leonelli no matter what. And, and I, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before I, I wind up at, uh, at Le Jardin or, you know, I've not pronounced it like six different ways, but yes. <laughs> One of them is right. One, One of them is right. Is Someone right. I'm going to get a, you know, what's going to happen is somebody's going to DM me on Instagram and it's just going to be a video of their face. Saying that word like three times. They're going to say the fourth time you said it was the right way. All right. Let us move on. Topic number two. 
James Harden is preparing to open his restaurant 13 in the former Mr. People's space. He has tapped a very promising black chef named Tobias Dozon to be the, Mm -hmm. uh, to be the executive chef of that restaurant. And it's still moving forward, even though James Harden got traded to the Brooklyn Nets and is no longer a Houston rocket. Felice, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get your perspective on this. You know, it's, it's grossly unfair of me to, you know, not that you, not that your perspective as a black person is the perspective that all black people will have, but I do want, (laughs) right. Let's say that. We know that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. With that, but I do want a black person's perspective on this restaurant. Um, because there was a lot of the, like, it's already gotten a whole wave of like stupid negative Google reviews, even though it hasn't opened yet. Yeah. From angry yeah. Rockets fans. I was going to say thanks to James Harden. That, that's, that's on, he's done that. Yeah. Yes. So let's so, address that first. Can I address okay. that first? Please do. Um, he's, um, his asshole way of leaving um, has possibly done a lot of damage and you know the future will tell how much damage right to this restaurant that's opening um because i'm like sir you have like literally when it was going down and all this i'm like sir sir you have a restaurant opening in houston okay um yeah that's that's number one and it's just I was just shaking my head. So I was like, how unfair to this new chef that's coming in, right? I was just like, wow. That that literally was the first thing that I was thinking um, once I got out of sports. I was literally, I went from sports to thinking like, what a jerk. Um, and that's how I feel. Um, I get it, you know, aside, aside from that. Um, the next thing I was thinking about based on that was when the Rockets, you know, the Rockets fans can be relentless. I remember when Aisha Curry was opening her restaurant. She'll remember this. Um, yes, the restaurant smoke in City Center. Right, okay. Before the Rockets were in the playoffs, I think, like, we're playing. Yeah, they were playing State. the Golden State Warriors, which right. is right. Steph right. Curry's team. Right, so before they announced this, I mean, well, we know the restaurant's coming, but then of course, media talks about it more. They link it. People get it like, oh, and they just start bashing the restaurant before it even opens. Like it had these terrible reviews. Um, it didn't really even stand a chance. I was like, that's so unfortunate that um, they had to deal with that hurdle before they even opened up. And for me, I don't think they ever really got a fair shot because of that, but you know, that's just me. So I hope that doesn't happen to this restaurant. Now, on the other side, let's just say like none of that happened. Um, it takes all that I just said out of it. I'm very excited when I found out about it. I've talked to people about this, um, the restaurant opening. We need that, you know, we need, um, a fine dining restaurant um, that has a black chef showcasing it. And the restaurant is beautiful. I know they've done a lot of changes and renovations. So I can't wait to see, because it was already amazing before. So I want to see like the little changes and stuff. So people definitely 
um, are super, super excited. And um, I can't really wait to try it if the chef can kind of figure out what we were talking about. The other restaurant has a leg up. They understand the Houston diner. Um, if, you know, this chef can get in there pretty quickly, has good people around him, a good team that understands what Houston diners are looking for, um, especially Black Houston diners when we're looking for um, in fine dining, then well, I think I, that, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, yes, right, because there is not, you know, especially with Holly's currently being closed right it, it has yet to reopen um at uh, at davis street mm-hmm. i do wonder if there's not like a need or a desire for uh, an elevated black owned restaurant with a black chef felice let me let me put this to you Assuming that it, it makes it out of the gate, right? Assuming that mm-hmm. Rockets, angry Rockets fans don't doom this restaurant and people are willing to give it a chance. Is 13 going to be the Black Bisou? I, you know what? I hope like hell it is with better food. I said it. Yeah, I did say <laughs> it. Uh-huh. I said that. I went there and said it. I hope it is with better food that's more consistent. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went there. I do. <laughs> I really do hope it is because... To what you said before, is there a need? Yes. Um, do we? There's a need for a couple more, but yes, we need it and we want it. So I'm, you know, that's why I was so upset. Like, did you just do that, sir? <laughs> like, no, you know. So I hope that um, I have high hopes for it. I hope um, Houston is bigger than that one person, and you know, um, there's a whole lot of people that are that are there that um, deserve a shot. And I'm, I'm rooting for them. Like, I'm so excited about it. Yeah, they're having a media event this week. And so I will learn more about this restaurant um, probably by the time this podcast is released. So, mm-hmm. so I am, I, I am, I'm very curious, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. I, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I look at some of the, the food. I mean, you know, Tobias has like almost 100,000 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so he's posting all this, you know, all this crazy stuff, you know, seafood egg rolls and deep fried lasagna, you know, these giant cakes. I mean, you know, this is yes, this yes like, and yes. <laughs> like I, this food I is like, <laughs> it's like way over the top. But, but, you know, that, I mean, that intrigues me yeah you know it doesn't all have to be like like i'm intrigued by subtle veggie oriented french food at the restaurant the museum and i i've never had deep fried lasagna before it's never occurred to me that you could deep fried lasagna exactly right like what is that what does that look like what is that you know what is the the flavor combination how does that come together yeah it's very intriguing (laughs) right so yes i I really do hope that there are not that many, you know, Victor Oladipo starts playing well, the Rockets gel around him and John Wall. They win a few games and people get less upset with how James Harden left the city and they give this restaurant a chance. Exactly. That, and that's the hope. That. That's the hope. All right. And then topic number three, 
I do just want to note a couple of closings briefly. Real quick, um, Eric, before you start, real yes. quick, before you start, um, can we just have a moment of silence for the first one? Because I know I want to send my condolences to you. Um, I know you're in deep mourning about that one. So, okay, there you go. That was your silence. Yeah, we, don't, we don't want dead air, but yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, this this one this one this one comes pretty close to home for me. Three six nine Oriental Bistro, uh, you know, uh, I will say just like, just like, you are allowed to have an opinion as a black person, that, and you don't have to speak for all black people. I will say that as a, a Jewish person, I know that not all Jewish people like American style Chinese food. That's a stereotype. It's not. It's not strictly true, but. I am one of those Jewish people who really does like American style Chinese food. I grew up with eating it on a very regular basis. And, you know, for the 10 plus years that I've lived in Montrose, 369 was my go-to for, you know, General So's chicken, Hunan beef, wonton soup, all, all egg rolls, all of those things. Uh, so, of course, it is located in the shopping center with the half price books at the corner of Montrose. And, Westheimer, that whole building is being torn down to make way for a gigantic new mixed use development. And so 369 has closed. I stopped in there for one final meal or, you know, to go because they, they haven't been open for dine-in. Uh, mm-hmm. throughout the pandemic. And I, I asked, you know, do you have a new location? And the answer was no, we're looking. And I you know, so I'm, I'm putting this out there. I know we have a lot of people in the real estate community that <laughs> listen to this podcast. Someone please find a new home for 369. And you know what? Let's just, you're going to start a campaign. Let's just start a campaign for a location for 369. Right. It doesn't have to be like right at the intersection of Montrose. You know, it could be, you know, it could be on West Gray. It could be on Richmond. It could be. It could be in Midtown, you know. We just need it to happen. It just needs to happen somewhere relatively close to where it was because there's a whole a whole big group of regulars who really love that place, even though it, you know, didn't get a lot of media attention. It's not the kind of you would never hold it out as the best Chinese restaurant or anything like that. But it was just one of those like solid, it's Tuesday night, I'm not cooking. Right. I'm craving general shows. Like I'm going to three six nine. I'm gonna call yeah. Lily Jane for you. You know, we we'll call Lily and put her on the job. <laughs> That's right. That's right. One of our, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call people out, but but I do know that there are real estate real estate developers, <laughs> real estate types who listen to this podcast. Uh, one of them needs to take it upon him or herself <laughs> to find a new home for three six nine at at below market at below market <laughs> rates. Right. Just take. You know, do it at cost. It's it's for the good of the the city. Right. It's a warm fuzzy, you know. That, for you. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. All right. Um, so yes, three six nine. Three six nine is close. And who knows what's going to happen with that mixed use development? It's a, it's a huge property, or it will be a huge property, and it will have all kinds of restaurants and shopping and apartments and everything else. Um, it it won't have that kind of divey old Montrose shabby vibe that you know, it did. So who knows it 369 certainly won't be there. Um, but we could have, we could have, we'll have 
exciting and wonderful new restaurants. Yeah, you, uh, you have new memories, you know, make right. new memories, Eric. That, that's right. That's that's how it works. Uh, and then again, just briefly, I do want to note that the James Coney Island, aka JCI Grill, uh, Town and Country closed. That that location had been there for a long time. I know that's the one I go to a lot. Like when I go to James Coney Island, I go to that location, and I've always yes. been irritated for the reason that they close. You know, they don't have a drive-through, right? Like so, it's right. So so that's what. So there's the Memorial Area Eats Facebook group. And obviously this was a topic of much discussion and a JC, the director of marketing for JCI grill said, we're sad to, you know, wrote essentially, we're sad to have closed this one. Uh, but it was the only one without a drive-through yeah. and during the pandemic drive-through is critically important. Right. So they're looking for a new location, hopefully somewhere. Near and they struggled before that, you know, like they right. struggled at that location before pandemic for that exact reason. So I know that just took them out. Right. So again, this is, this is more kind of a memorial area uh, item of note. You know, we don't, we don't generally speaking track the openings and closings of uh, James Coney Island, but uh, this is one that's been around for a long time. And I know we have a lot of listeners in West Houston. So I did want to acknowledge that for them. That does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. So Felice, for our restaurants of the week, I want to talk to you about two new establishments that are located right next to each other. They are Boca Italian Kitchen and Lupo Pizzeria. These are the first two new concepts from Chef Justin Turner, formerly of Bernie's Burger Bus, that he has opened in Generation Park, which is a massive mixed-use development that's just coming online near Lake Houston. Felice, you know, we both have known Justin for a long time. He's been on the show, you know, so there's no, there's no secrets. There's no anonymity, right? I right. traded a couple of texts from Justin. I said, I'm coming and I'm bringing friends. He basically fired the entire menu for us to try a whole bunch of stuff from both, from both the pizzeria and the Italian restaurant. Uh, I think so I'm still full. <laughs> you might. Yeah. We got, we got uh, food hugged as they say. Yeah. Um, so let me just put it to you. What did you think of these Italian restaurants? I mean, are you surprised that a guy who was known as a burger chef can do Italian food? So, you know, knowing Justin and before he was a burger guy, he was a chef guy, right? Like he's done different types of cuisine. He uh, was private chef. So he did pop-ups where he was combining different types of cuisine. So definitely not surprised. Um, what I was surprised was that he got a handle on um, nailing the flavor so quickly, right? Like, um, but then once we talked to him, his, the, the, the kitchen staff is people, they've been together and cooking together for years and years and years. So um, that was great to know and was very refreshing. And um, to see that fire back in Justin's eyes and like that excitement um, for the love of creating new recipes and um, just being in the kitchen, doing it, like talking to him 
like I was so excited. <laughs> you know, he, we I got excited listening to him talking about um, creating the menu and uh, where how he came up with some of the ideas and just um, it was very refreshing. And um, adding that part with um, how well the menu he executed the menu um, made it, it made made it make sense to me. Um, so I definitely was not surprised and just found myself more excited after talking to him um, once we um, tried the food. And I think you probably felt the same, you know, because you were asking him, you were filling a lot of questions, you know, and it was just kind of cool to just sit back and um, think. I'm like, oh, Justin got his groove back. Justin got his groove back. So that that's kind of how I felt going into it. Um, just excited about the food. And I'm like, people will drive, you know, like listening to it, thinking about all the, the things that would be issues for people because it's out there. And I'm like, yeah, people would drive out there for that. I would drive. I'm not even in the city. I would drive um, over their destination because it's just so it's a beautiful space. The me like we had a lot of the menu and Justin said there's still much more that we didn't even have. And I'm like, wow, what else didn't we have like that I would want to try? Um, so, you know, that was my thoughts just um, going into the menu. I think I answered a little bit more than you asked. But, yeah, that's that's what I think. What you think? E? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think I think I was impressed by sort of how comprehensive it is. I mean, it really is like all of those classic Italian-American favorites, right? You can get, you know, fried calamari and steamed clams. And, you know, he's doing basically chicken fried octopus, which I thought was kind of fun. The meatball recipe is from his wife's family. You know, he's doing all of the kind of classic pasta dishes, Alfredo. You know, he's got a lasagna. He's got spaghetti and meatballs. He's got a carbonara, uh, you know, chicken marsala, chicken piccata, chicken parm, you know, all of those kind of, uh, all of the things, yeah. all of those things. Um, I will say, you know, it, it does feel like he's still getting the kitchen kind of dialed in. Right. I mean, he's, he's brought a bunch of the people who worked with him at Bernie. So they are, they are veteran cooks, but they're still learning like kind of refining their techniques. Right. The, oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, like we had a, we had a uh, spaghetti carbonara and it's like, you know, the, I thought the, the flavor was, was getting close. Right. But it, yeah, it didn't have the, there. right. It, it needed like two more twists of the pepper grinder yeah. and it needed a little like refinement on the technique to get it that like really, um, you know, rich hearty consistency that you want with a, with a right. really good carbonara, it's like right. The sauce was kind of light, right? Like it was. It was it, a little thin. Right when you 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 it was right there, but you were like, it's just not quite, not quite where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, really, you just want to be like, all right, take your whole kitchen to Giacomo's, make them all eat that carbonara, and then just go. Okay, that's what it's supposed to be like, and just get you know do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But, but on the other the, side, the chili crab, like we had the chili, I think we had both of those at the same time. And that right. was like delicious, right? Like that was kind of, I'm like, okay, yeah. that's kind of where it needs to be. Right. And that's being a little more playful, right? Because it's, right. it's a little bit of like a, like a Thai style, 
you know, um, you know, crab, you know, coconut crab, coconut cream crab thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that's just in being a little more creative. And, and he, he, you know, he's always like those kind of fusiony kind of flavors. Mm-hmm. That's you know, why he, it, he excels in that area. Big right. time. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, it started really strong with the starters because I love the meatballs and I like the, I really like that octopus. And I really, oh, yeah, I did too. Uh, you know, and, and octopus, I really, talk I really about like the, the garantini. Yeah. If if someone didn't like, and that was one of the things he said, it's a good introduction for people um, that's like, oh, I'm not quite sure about octopus. The way it's put together would be, you're like, oh, okay. And for people that like octopus, like we loved it. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like it was maybe dumbed down. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like it was elevated. So I think that's a real smart um, dish on a smart dish and a smart way to um, have octopus on the menu. Right. Right. No, absolutely. And, and I mean, there were, you know, again, like, you know, the chicken Marsala I thought was like almost there, you know, the sauce just needed to be reduced a little bit, a little thicker. Um, But you know, that Mahi Mahi with the grilled artichoke was one of the best (laughs) things we ate that day. Delicious. You know, and then and then really the the best thing we ate was that peanut butter chocolate sandwich. The dessert. Thank you. I was like, can we talk about the desserts? Oh my god! Like I felt like the desserts didn't even get enough time with us because we would have if we had the desserts earlier or maybe less food, we would have finished most of those desserts. I mean, that peanut butter. Right. Part of the problem was they sent us four pizzas on top of all the other from, from right. Luke and, store. Right. and so we're trying to try all these different toppings. Uh, I will say it's a, it's a very good pizza. It, you know, they've got that wood fired oven. They're getting a nice char on the crust. The crust has a good consistency, you know, obviously using good quality toppings. It's um, he's really onto something with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll let you handle all the people. Like for me, I'm like, oh, I thought it was good. You know, I don't consider myself qualified to really, you know, talk about pizza unless it's someone that doesn't like pizza. Then I'm like, no, no, it's good. Because I'm not like a big pizza girl, right? Like I'm like, no, it's good. You would enjoy it. Right. But I I do think, you know, in terms of its its execution and its quality, you know, if, if the, like the entree and the pasta is still getting dialed in a little bit, at least when we were there, um, the pizza was like firing on all cylinders. And that's probably to their credit, because I think, you know, if you're trying to decide, most people may think, let me start with the less expensive pizza, see how that goes before I commit to the fancier, slightly more expensive Italian restaurant next door. Right. right. So get the, get pizza up and running. You're going to do a good to go business from it. And then again, like, you know, you talked about driving from, from all over the city but if you're in Humble or Kingwood or Atascacita, I mean, I won't claim to have deep knowledge of all the restaurants um, in that part of Houston, but my, my sense is that this has got to be one of the best, you know, that, that this, is, is. this is a really solid, like family friendly, yeah. you know, I mean, you, I mean, the most expensive entree is the filet and it's 32 bucks. Right. So relatively affordable very approachable food. I, you know, I think, I think Justin's really onto something with this place. I do too. And to your point, I have relatives that live in those areas and that there's really only chains, 
you know, there may be a couple of places that are, you know, that's cool, but there's nothing like that. So I'm super, and I said that that night, I'm like, I'm so excited for the people that live in this area because they have a place to go. You know, it's a beautiful, and it's not like, um, a, like, oh, they can settle. It is beautiful. And the space is just going to continue to get even better. But the restaurant right now, it's really nice. So um, I think I'm excited for them, for Justin. And I can't wait to see as they open more, more restaurants and what it, what it becomes, you know? Absolutely. All right, Felice, that does it for our restaurants of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Or we'll go eat soon. Dinner soon, lunch, drinks. You got something uh, for me? Uh, yeah, we'll go to 13. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. And I will be right back with Brandon Silva. I am joined this week by Brandon Silva. He is the culinary director for the Kirby Group and most importantly for our purposes, the chef owner of Deguste, a new tasty menu restaurant that just opened in Spring Branch. Brandon, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, excellent. Uh, having some tea and uh, thank you for joining me on. <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing this. I know we've been, it's a funny sort of thing because I, I know that you listen to the show and we've been talking about having you on for a long time. It was just a matter of getting degust open so that we had something to talk about uh yes i'm a i do uh listen to your show all the time and yes it's 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 been a while to be on here and i'm, I'm honored to be on your show too so thank you eric <laughs> <laughs> well that's, that's very kind of you so then as you know i i always like to kind of start these conversations with the beginning of a chef's career so so tell me a little bit about how you decided to become a professional chef Oh man. So I really don't have any of those, uh, cliche stories, you know, um, you know, regular chef stories of growing up in restaurants, watching mom and dad own their own business, or restaurant and cooking in the kitchens or laboring over, uh, their grandmothers, watching them cook or whatnot. I, I don't have that cliche story to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, man. Um, it, it, and my wife probably will kill me when she hears this podcast, but, <laughs> um, I started because, uh, a girl and I just wanted to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, why did, why did anyone pick up a guitar and start a band? Right. I mean, this is, this is a, this is a very reasonable motivation to do a lot of things. No, absolutely. My mom always told me uh, to uh, win a woman's to the heart was through food. So I was like, okay, cool. I uh, went through a lot of different odd jobs um, from, you know, dishwashing to hosting. And then I became a tennis salon manager and then I went to EMT. And then next thing you know, uh, you know, um, fell in love with cooking and went to culinary school and boom, it just, I, I fell in love and that's it. But yeah, it was, it was over a girl <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it was over a girl, man. All right. So 
you went to culinary school. I mean, because when I first met you, you were working for Uchi. Yes, I was so, working for Uchi, yeah. So how did you kind of make your way from culinary school to Uchi? Uh, so I graduated from the Arts, Art Institute um, alum, and my predominant place was uh, Brenner's. And then from Brenner's, I went to Hall, uh, to Peche to work for Holly. And then after I mentored under Chef Mark Holly, um, I went and mentored with uh, Michael Gaspar to open up Brasserie 19. And then after um, Brasserie 19, which, which by the way, he's, he sent me to uh, Chicago and I worked to some pretty really renowned chefs and restaurants out there, but we'll talk, if you want, we can talk about it later. But um, going back, I um, then worked for Michael Gaspard. I mean, not Michael Gaspard, uh, Michael Kramer. We opened up uh, Felix 55 and I was one of his sous chefs. And um, we had a short stint there. And, you know, I was at that point looking for a job. And um, Chef... Uh, the cuisine, Kaz Edwards, when they just opened up Uchi, I ended up feeding them lunch there at Felix 55. And, uh, you know, we, we had a good conversation, uh, conversation and I eventually just, uh, went and knocked on the door <laughs> and said, Hey, <laughs> I'm here to cook. Can I cook? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure, man. You know, we'll, we'll hire you. So they hired me there and I did my long stint there and had a really good time uh, working with Uchi. Right. I know you worked for Mark Holly at, at both Pesce and Holly's. I've, I've had Mark on the show. He's kind of a, a legend in Houston. I mean, what, uh, like, what's like the one thing you kind of, you learned from him or, or that you really take from your, your time with him? Um, well, you know, Mark Harley, uh, Chef Mark Harley, he's not only just like a, a really close friend of mine, he's also like, a, you know, a big mentor towards me and also a, uh, you know, kind of like a father figure. Um, he, he really knows how to um, really care and, and, and treat everyone like they're there like his own son, like his own kids, you know, even it's just amazing. Like that, that love that he gives and that caress and that, that nurturing that he does. I remember when I first uh, applied at Pesce, I came in with the resume (laughs) and he sat me down at the, at the uh, corner bar. And if you're familiar with Pesce, Eric, um, that, that bar count, that bar area where, off to the side when you walk in um and we sat down and he looked at me and i sent him i gave him a resume and he just looked at me and he was like he took the resume and he ripped it up <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he's like i don't believe in resumes i was like okay he goes i want to learn about you i want to know about you personally and i just thought that was like the most exhilarating experience that I've ever had if any interview I've ever gotten from him. Um, so I'll take, you know, some of that experience and mentorship from him, just that nurturing, um, the, 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 that 
caring about your employee, really feeling for how they feel, um, and, and just, you know, try to help them to develop as much as they can and move forward from this. And the last thing I take from him too, and that he told me, he's like, look, you know, if I can go to the grave on my deathbed and make sure that I was able to mentor and teach young up and coming chefs for the new generation and they, you know, um, be successful uh, in their lives and I'm good. And so that was like a memorable experience for me with him one-on-one personally. And I'll never uh, forget that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's really powerful. No, it really is. And then, and then what about Uchi? I mean, you know, it's such a creative place. Um, and, and it's just, you know, especially, um, you know, especially when it, when it opened, I mean, it was, it was that restaurant where it just felt like every chef that I followed on social media would celebrate their birthday there. And so it's not just, it's not just high quality, but it's high volume and you've got to be like rock solid consistent. Yeah. You have to be like, I mean, it's, it, it's very high volume over there. Um, I, I, Really glad that I was fortunate enough in my career that I was able to uh, land that position and then eventually uh, move up uh, through the ranks, uh, you know, as a as a chef uh, at Uchi. And it's 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 really really just demanding. Um, to be on point with your prep, you have to. Uh, just be on point with your cooking. If it's not right, you know, you don't you don't serve it out. It's it's it was an amazing experience to be there and to have the opportunity to be a, at Uchi and be recognized for all the things that I've done there too as well. And I'm really grateful for it and honored. So you went from Peche to Uchi, you went from Uchi to Holly's and back to Uchi. What what made you kind of decide to get out of the fine dining world? and start working for the Kirby group and, and doing food for places like Wooster's garden and Heights beer garden and Holman draft hall. Well, that's really uh, amazing that you asked this question because it's uh, hits me to the heart and personable. Um, you know, I was going back and forth. I went to Holly's and I helped, Mark, you know, probably out to get him open and, you know, Uchi was great enough to, uh, you know, let me go do that and let me come back, which was awesome too as well. But uh, I reached a point in my, uh, I, I guess, personal feelings in my life that uh, I was getting burned out and I was getting really depressed and I didn't know if I wanted to cook anymore. And my son was, you know, just was just born and I wasn't really seeing my wife and my son and you know being a you know married figure and you know married with your wife and just had a son being born and you're just working all these long crazy hours as you know that's what the business is it started really affecting me i felt like i was just like i had to create a stump when i wanted to come up with dishes uh either holly's or uchi whatnot uh and so I, it, it just really took a toll on me. And 
fortunately enough, um, when I left uh, Holly's and went back to Uchi and I left again and I was in this like depressive state, uh, my wife, you know, we moved out of our townhouse and we moved with my mom a uh, place over in Aleaf and uh, because I'm from Aleaf. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, Got to represent the leaf. Got to represent the leaf, man. Got to shout out to the leaf. Um, we were trying to, you know, set out and save up money to, to, you know, to buy a house or buy a comfortable place. My wife noticed that I was uh, going, you know, a little insane. I was Mr. Mom. She was, you know, making the money. I wasn't working anymore. And uh, she's like, you need to get out of here. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, no, you need to. She goes, and excuse me for my language she goes you need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> like <laughs> go away you need to go stodge somewhere and pick some place where you want to go and go and stodge and so i went and i stodged talk about it in a minute but when i came back i was um tracked down by uh steven salazar you know very close friend and uh amazing uh business partner and ceo of the career company uh, he found me and when I came back from my stages and what I did I fell in love with food again and you know I'm just gracious for that opportunity to, from, from that especially for my family supporting me and my wife and uh, you know I wouldn't be here where I am today now wow yeah no that's that's a great story yeah it's 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 a it's a long thing man like it, it was it was really, 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 really uh, freaking tragic. <laughs> I, uh, I, I didn't. I was at the point, uh, the breaking point, where I was thinking maybe another choice career. But then I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do now. You know, like I, I fell in love with food. And I was, at that point, I was cooking for like 14 years, and um, I just, you know, like, you know, what I, what I'm gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> right. And I'm just, I'm just sad and depressed, even though like I, I got my wife and I got my son and, you know, I'm, and he's barely one years old and it's an amazing experience, but deep down in a, in a heartful, in my heart, it's just, you know, it's, there's a void to fill. you know what I mean? Like I love cooking, you know, I love, I love, uh, I love the theatrical work of entertaining, you know, like, and, and, and making people feel just really great and humble and, and making smiles on their face and making sure that, you know, even though maybe in my life I'm having some problems on my own side, but, you know, I want to make sure that I take away their problems on their side because they had a great meal and great beverages and, you know, they don't have to worry about anything else. They just forgot for a moment that day. Everything just went away. Wow. And they're just perfect on their own. So it's, it's, it's really deep for me, man. And when I came back, um, you know, for my, my stages and I got hired from the Kirby group, it just felt like, you know, um, yeah, I can do, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, uh, no, I, 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 I have, I'm reinvigorated with, with uh, a drive and let's do these businesses. Let's open them up and, some really fun, cool food for the for the for the bars and the cocktail bars and whatnot, and then uh, you know move forward and move on from that. 
and uh, I was just, you know, I felt like like X Men, the comics of uh, 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 Phoenix. You know, when she dies and gets rebirth, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like I just got rebirth again. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. I I mean I I definitely do want to talk about De Goose, but I I do want to talk about the Stodges because, as you said, they've been so important for your career. Um, Michael Gaspard sent you to sent you to Chicago and you worked at some restaurants in Chicago. And then when your wife told you to get the fuck out of the house, you didn't, you didn't just like go to new Orleans for the weekend. You went to Copenhagen and, and stodged at some of the best restaurants in the world. Yes. So, yeah, that's true. So, so just talk a little bit about kind of stodging in general and what you like, what you accomplish, like, what your goal is when you go stodge somewhere and, and kind of how those experiences have shaped your career. Yeah. So, you know, Michael Gaspar sent me to Chicago and then I, I landed Dodgers on my own, but he, he gave me some recommendations too as well. Uh, one of them was uh, chef Chris Nugent. And at the time he had a restaurant. I, I really can't remember the French name um, at the, right now off the top of my head, but um it's all right. Now he's uh, doing uh, 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 good food, but he was a really good chef. He wanted to hire me. I was I was a really good stage, and <laughs> he was like, "Hey, Michael." He was like, "Hey, Michael, who's this guy from Houston, man? I want to hire him. He's awesome." And I was like, "And Michael's like, no, man, he's coming to me for brasserie." He's like, "Ah, oh, man, fuck you." Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, so I did that, but I landed to dodge my own, you know, like. Of, of you know, couple week uh, like a few weeks at L two O Blackbird as well, and uh, Michael helped me out with that. But fast forwarding, um, you know, going to Copenhagen was like the like that that mind opening experience for me. I you know, like I said, I was just depressed and didn't want to think I wanted to cook anymore, and. Um, when uh you know my wife was asking me you need to go where do you want to pick and I was like I want to go to Noma and she was like well okay well you know let's got flights let's got times and and whatnot and I reached out to uh, Noma and uh, unfortunately they were in Australia doing their pop up and so that kind of like bummed me out and I was just like damn oh huh. well, shit all right but then I was like well if I can't go to Noma um, and stage there, well, then I'm going to go to um, the restaurants that all their, you know, chef de cuisines, executive chefs that used to work for Noma and now they have their own places. Like Relay, you know, Christian Pelizli, you know, Broer, like Ante, like Amas, Matt Orlando. You know, Matt Orlando is the um, chef owner of Amas, who used to work under Thomas Keller. So, you know, Kristen Pelizli used to be the executive chef for Noma for many, many, many years, you know? Um, so I, I, I just went and applied for those, you know, stage positions. And lucky enough, they all called me back. And I thought it was just like really amazing that I got a really quick response and I was really happy. And next thing you know, I booked a flight and I'm on my way over there. And, uh, you know, 
I'm there. I'm doing my stages. I relay, Amaz, Auntie, Broer, uh, based, and um, I'm having tacos on my day off, you know, and drinking a beer, a michelada, by the way, <laughs> uh, during the uh, uh, at the market that they have over there. It's called to- Tohoven, Tohoven uh, uh, Square, and um, it's a really good market over there. And I look up, and next thing you know, I see Renee Rizepi, like, walk out of one of the uh, the market doors. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> fuck. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> you know, like, it's Renee. You know, like, it's Renee. <laughs> I mean, this I mean, guy is the... I, right. I mean, he's the, the, the chef owner of Noma. And I, I think most people listening to this podcast probably know who he is, but it it's it's like roughly the equivalent of seeing like Brad Pitt or Brad right? Pitt like or like or perspective. Like, yeah, perspective exactly or, or like Prince. <laughs> you know yeah, like before, there you go. That's a good one. Perfect. <laughs> like you know like you see Prince you're like I'm not going to be that guy. So I I finished my tacos and I'm having tacos at Ija de Santos which by the way uh, Rosario Santos is Used to be the pastry chef at Noma over there. So I'm, I'm outside drinking my michelada, having my tacos. I see Renee. I'm like, holy shit. And he goes up to Rosario at the taco stand in Market Square. And I'm like, all right. And I go up to her and I, and I tell her in Spanish, you know, you know, thank you for uh, for the meal. It was really delicious. And I give her my, you know, my, my kroners, you know, that's the, you know, U.S. Right, the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the money. And um, Renee looks at me and he's like, where are you from? And I said, um, I'm from Houston, Texas. He's like, oh, you're from the States? I'm like, yeah, from the States. And like, this is my first time, like, really being into Europe. So hearing people tell me I'm from the States, I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, so that's normal and common, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, dude. He was like, hey, you're in the States. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, you know, I'm a chef. And I'm from Uchi and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I've heard of Uchi. And a lot of my cooks have heard of Uchi. It's like, oh, cool. He's like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm staging here and there. I've gone, I've been here for, you know, a few months, uh, you know, a month and blah, blah, uh, a couple months, sorry. And I'm staging at this place, this place, this place with taste. He's like, well, you know, those are really received places. It's awesome. We just got back from freaking Australia. And we're going to start opening up Oma. It'd be nice for you to, I would love to invite you to come. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. And we took a picture together. Uh, I ended up becoming that guy. <laughs> right. And then, uh, but he initiated the conversation. So you weren't like, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, pretty much. You didn't and like then, it cost him on the street or whatever. No, no, not at all. It was very organic. And then I, I, I put my finger I pointed my fingers like, just give me a minute, you know, like that gesture. And, yeah. and uh, you know, call my wife, mom. I was like, hey, got opportunity to start Noma for a couple of days. And my mom's like, just make it happen. Let's go. I was like, shit. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so I got to hang out for a couple of days. And they actually, they actually did their closed-in party uh, of Noma. Um, and there was amazing freaking chefs I was around. Like, um, it's amazing. It was crazy how many, you know, 
50 best restaurant list chefs were there in Copenhagen, Denmark, you know, I, I'm talking about like Mimo and dra uh, Geranium and, you know, it, it was, it was nuts. So that was that. All right. So all of that, right. I mean, you've been, you know, I think people who go to Wooster's or Holman or Heights Beer Garden, like kind of get the sense that it's not just bar food, right. That it's, there's some, there's some thought and some creativity and some technique kind of behind it. Like even if they don't know you, but it might, you know, it might surprise the people who are eating the chicken wings at Holman, uh, you know, or the, the sausage boards at, uh, at Heights Beer Garden that like you, you have opened a tasting menu restaurant. So, so let's talk about Degust finally. Um, because my, my sense is that, um, you've been, you've been sort of dreaming about this and sort of planning this for a long time. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I, I'm just going to say this for, you know, all inspiring cooks that want to become, uh, chefs and eventually, you know, the restaurateur probably, uh, we all inspire to, to have this dream and we all, you know, work towards this, this goal. Some make it, some don't. And when some do, um, they get to this point. And this is a fabulous point where I'm at right now. And I'm very, very, very humble about it. I'm very, very, you know, I mean, emotional about it. I, I'm trying not to freaking tear right now, but I just... It's amazing to me, you know, I just, I love it. Yeah. I've been, been waiting for this moment for, for my entire life. And, um, you know, it started, you know, with an idea five, six years ago. Right. So, you know, I think there's a sense that like the tasting menu has maybe kind of come and gone, you know, or is maybe not quite as fashionable as it was however many years ago for you, what is it about that format specifically that made it what you wanted to do for this kind of creative statement? I just felt like um, doing this kind of mini format. I wanted to tell a story. Uh, I think that anyone that strives that wants to tell a story about their cooking and have like a really cool and fun, relaxed dinner party. I think that the tasting uh, format works really well uh, with that because you get to really be personal. You, you get to really see the, the personal side of the chef and what he's, what he's trying to say and what he's trying to portray in the food as well. When someone's very happy, you know, cooking food, um, no matter how many courses it is, no matter if it's just one family meal at all, you can feel the energy, you can feel the excitement, you can feel it in the seasoning, you can feel it in the taste. And that's what I think that um, a tasting menu for the goose and what I'm trying to do here um, portrays. Right. You said you're, you're trying to tell a story and, and sort of share your, 
your perspective. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to spoil the story for people who haven't eaten there yet, but I do kind of want them to maybe know a little bit about what they're, what to expect. So, you know, what is like the, you know, what's the elevator pitch? Like what's, what's the short version of the, the story that you want to tell? So, you know, the goose, the goose is short for degustation. In Spanish, it means a small chef's tasting menu. And in layman's terms, it's about my background and my experiences of working up to my career and influences that all the restaurants that I worked at and all the travels that I've done are here. So that's pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah, and I I think, you know I'm Mexican think- I'm Mexican to have Spanish. So you there they'll have that and they'll have the influences of my my journeys across my culinary career. That's it. Right. And so I think what's so interesting is that, you know, it's not it's not just like Uchi style Japanese food. It's not just, you know, Noma, you know, forage tweezer food it it really is like it's it's very authentic to kind of your upbringing and who you are and like i think you know the you know my favorite course um anything that you make like is you're you're grinding your own corn and then nixtamalizing it to make masa and so you know you do a you do a tostada you do a, a salsa tasting with homemade tortillas yeah. and your cheese course is a quesadilla. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're in a moment kind of as a city where there's a lot of focus on like the craft of tortilla making. And I, I'd say, you know, you more than hold your own with, with any of the other ones um, that I've had the opportunity to try. And, and I think, you know, I think what's so appealing about it is that it's, it's not that it's like, you know, you hear tasting menu and it's like, it's not like, you know, it's not like foams and, you know, it's, it's real food. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But it's, um, I mean, it's like, it's like these familiar flavors and these familiar dishes, but just like very thoughtfully crafted. Yeah. I, and, and- and that's the thing about like um, what I wanted to first of all, you know, just crafting it open. I want to let everyone know that um, these 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 dishes, you know, have a, a, a real story to tell, uh, and and I think that's what like every other chef out there, young cook that wants to become like a, a, a really cool great chef, uh, great chef, uh, wants, wants to portray and tell their own story, tell them about their own cooking job. I, I've, I've never had those experiences of working in restaurants at a young when their parents had, uh, um, restaurants. I never, you know, I've always seen my, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I've always seen my grandmother always cook and she cooked all the time, <laughs> like all the time, dude. And she made, 
handmade flour tortillas. She made handmade corn tortillas. And I remember always, you know, just running up and down, uh, up and down stairs and smelling those aromas and for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, because she always wanted to put on a show, um, you know, and, um, from, you know, being out there at South Houston, you know, Wayside Drive on Westlow Street, you know, like her two-story house that she had, you know, because my grandfather was an amazing freaking uh, business entrepreneur, but I, I never really gave a shit. I was a freaking kid, you know, and when I come downstairs and have breakfast or lunch or dinner, I'm like, oh, cool, we're eating? Sweet. And I'll just go outside and get dirty, <laughs> you know, like play around. But, you know, I don't have those, those, those moments like that, like a lot of freaking, you know, amazing chefs have those cliche stories. I don't. I never did. My mom, yeah, she made amazing food, amazing food. She made amazing carne quesada. She made amazing, you know, arroz con pollo. She made amazing uh, uh, flour tortillas and whatnot, you know. But, you know, I was never like, I never like really paid attention until I really started paying attention when I got a little bit later in age in my career, you know, after all the DJing and music and, and the partying and, you know, throwing freaking rave parties, whatnot. I, you know, I got my shit together. I got my head clear. This is what I want to do. And I started going back into those old recipe books and looking at them and asking my, 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 you know, family, like, Hey, what did my grandma do? What does she do this? What does she do that? Like my grandma died of diabetes, man. She lost her, she lost her foot and her leg and then she died, you know? And I'm just, I'm now, having a chance to just just really honor a lot of things that have gone in my life right now and and put it into a big huge story so you had your your first weekend of service i mean how'd it go from your perspective i mean how were you know how how did your team work together how did diners respond to it and and i mean we're we're running a little long but i i i do want to talk about this because i i do think it's uh I mean, I do think what you're doing is pretty special, and I do think it's worth exploring. Um, how how um, how they respond? I it seemed like it was a good response. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it, it felt good. I mean, you, you know, in the front of everything happening in the front was was good. It, it, it felt smooth. Uh, obviously, with the first openings, you know, the guy was going to have uh, kinks got to work out, but uh, you know, I think we're on the right, on the right trail for that. Yeah. Um, let me just, let me just ask you, cause you're doing three seatings, basically, you know, five thirty, eight o'clock and then 11 o'clock. Are, are people taking you up on that 11 o'clock seating? Uh, so far, not, not right now. Um, okay. we are going to be doing some different changes, but, um, you know, uh, we'll make some announcements about that soon. Okay. Yeah, I I was just sort of wondering. I mean, I I do think you know, it's I don't know. I mean, you know, I it's a it's like a very Spanish uh, idea, but it's uh, I don't know. I'm I'm old, so I fall asleep early. You know? <laughs> I think uh, there's a lot around this time that does do that, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to portray to my Castilian roots. So uh, you know, maybe it, it it stays at eleven, or maybe you know we go a little bit earlier for those, for those late night scenes. I mean, 
you know, we will have always bookings at 10, at 10 p.m. for Uchi. So it's not like a, an utter, unheard of thing. And, you know, I know Kata, Kata Rabata does that too as well. So, you know, it's not unheard of. So it's just, you know, figuring out where we're at. And, uh, you know, it's it our first uh, time opening this uh, type of concept. So trying to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Um, oh, talk about the farm just a little bit because you're 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 not just buying local produce. You're you're growing a little bit of it, and and I think that's an interesting aspect of this. Oh yeah, I mean, not just growing a little bit of it, dude. Eric, we're growing a lot of it. <laughs> um, I have two farms. I have eighteen thirty foot beds at Heightspear Garden um, that feeds not only just the restaurant, but also the uh, cocktail bar that's next to us. That's called Diversion Cocktails. Um, that's run by Steven Salazar. And, uh, you know, that's at High Spirit Garden. You can see it when you drive by or, you know, pull in the parking lot. Just look to your, when you pull in the parking lot and park, <laughs> just look to your right. You'll see it right there. Um, I work with uh, Edible, Re- Edible Earth Resources. And they are, you know, doing a really great job as far as like, you know, producing and planning of what I want to do for each season. And then I have uh, another 12 30 foot beds right behind the goose that helps serve not just my restaurant, but also the uh, diversion cocktail bar as well. Um, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, whatever I see at the farmer's market on Saturday, I just try to do my best to get with them and see what I can get that's growing in, in, in that season or that week. And we try to be as much as we can um, dictate uh, what we're growing. And that goes on the menu uh, big time. Um, I'm, and when I say that I also try to be like as local as possible as I can working, you know, with pork farmers, beef farmers, you know, fish, um, uh, you know, fish guys as much as we can with that. But, you know, if I see something on the menu that that year, like, oh, it's razor clam season, I'm going to put that on. You know, I'm, I'm it's razor clams. Who doesn't like razor clams? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, you know, like, or like, hey, this this, this specific e- uh, season of uni, you got to get it. Uh, where's it coming from? Oh, it's coming from Hokkaido. Okay. Well, Hokkaido, I'll get it. You know, I'm going to put it on this. Is it the best of the season? Yeah. And I'll just put it on like a luxury, you know, like as an upgrade or something. You know? Right. As a supplement. Sure. Yeah. A supplement. You know, I'm not going to just like put it on menu, but like, hey, if you want uni on top of it, I got uni and I'll put it on top of it. You know what I mean? So it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're, you know, we're staying local, sustainable, very wasteful as much as you can with that. So. All right. Um, well, Brandon, that brings me to the end of my questions. Um, like I said, we, we have run a little long with you, but I, I do hope that, uh, I do hope the listeners enjoyed this. Cause I know, I know I did. Thank you. Um, before I let you go, we have to play the lightning round. Oh, sh- five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Brandon Silva, what is your favorite ingredient? My favorite ingredient butter <laughs> it's a solid answer what is the first band you ever saw in concert new kids on the block 1991 at the astrodome 
All right. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. I think anyone that knows me right now, and I'm sure you know already, is a no-brainer. Is Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Uh, Past, Warren Moon, Oilers, baby. All right. And then finally, when you go to a pizzeria for the first time, what are your go-to toppings? Um, I like to go straight cheese and pepperoni with the, uh, they look like nipples. (laughs) 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 Got to keep that oil in baby. I love that. Uh, any place that does a really good cheese and pepperoni pizza, I'm all in. All right, Brandon, we, uh, give us the website and, uh, and everything for degust. Uh, so you can find us at info at degusthouston.com, uh, you prefer you can go on resi.com or the resi app and place reservations we also have um our instagram at degoose houston you can find us on facebook as well at degoose houston um so there's that all right brandon thank you very much thank you very much too you can follow me on instagram at eric sandler keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest houston bar and restaurant news Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.